Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How's it going? I have a pop quiz question for you. You ready? Uh, Leonar- Leonardo. Sorry. What was the, what's the what's the quiz? No, that that'll come later. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so the question is. What is going to inevitably happen when the evil Shredder attacks? Those turtle boys won't cut him no slack. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I have been singing the theme song like you probably have for weeks now, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking earlier, I was like, how am I going to open the episode? And then when I wrote this down, I was like, is this stupid? No, he will get this. He will 1000% get this. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, actually, uh. So, you know, p- playing this game and also playing the game we're, we're going to be playing next. And uh, so, so Teddy was like, this, this game's amazing, you know, like for the, 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 the new one. Right. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. good. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you want to see a TV show that kind of circles around a similar <laughs> subject matter? <laughs> it's got, got similar theming. Yeah. All kind of the same. Uh, and uh, Teddy said, uh, yeah. And and man, watching the intro to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV show, I did not realize how much of that was still rattling around in my brain. Not only the song, but like the visuals, you know. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, once once a turtle, always a turtle, man. You know, like it's just in you. Yeah, yeah. And I I I, I say all of this to say this, which is um. There, this game is on a relatively short list of games that it is, I am sure, impossible for me to be completely objective about, right? And I mean, we're never completely objective, even when we try to believe that we are. And I mean, we humans, like, even when we believe we are, like, we almost never are. But I'm super aware of just my deep, deep love for these characters and this universe and this style of game, like, all of their games. Uh, you know, this is the first one like this, but then they all are like this from that point on, right? Uh, we played for Turtles fairly in, early Turtles episode. Yeah, we did. That yeah. was pretty early. I think that was less than a hundred. Uh, it was less than a hundred. Um, yeah, uh, it, I think we were at least a year in. Yeah, yeah. So pretty, pretty early. But um, it, it's you know, like if some feelings creep in, like you know, that's fine. Feelings are okay sometimes. We, we we will be objective as we can be. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that now that we've done the, you know, sponsored by Pizza Hut disclaimer, like we know <laughs> we no longer have to feel ashamed of eating this delicious uh, stuffed crust pizza. Yeah. Um, so what is your nostalgia experience for this particular game? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I will. Uh, I will get to that. But quickly, because uh, we have a few listeners that have complained, you know who you are. Um, I have oh, to yes. say. Uh, this game originally came out in the arcades uh, in October of 1989. Then it was ported to the NES next year. We played the NES port version, of course. Um, and if you somehow don't know what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game series is like, uh, here's a quick summary. You get to pick your favorite Ninja Turtle and then stab hundreds of color-coordinated foot clan to death so that you can rescue April O'Neil in this NES port 
uh, of the classic beat em arcade beat em up arcade version. So, you know, there was a Nintendo Turtles game before this that we will probably play eventually because it is infamous. But this is the first game in the style of the arcade game that all future Ninja Turtles games were based on. Uh, my nostalgic experience for this is two things. One, I played this game a lot. Two, I think because after I fired this game up, I was like, oh, no, my brain has just lumped all of the Turtles <laughs> arcade games together. Like this game, uh, the Manhattan Project and Turtles in Time, plus their actual arcade counterparts, which are different, right? Like they're all just one big turtle soup of memories. So like, I know that I played this game. I know when in my childhood I would have most been playing a, an original Nintendo before I kind of switched wholesale to the Super Nintendo. So I can guess which like friends and cousins I probably played this game with the most, but I, those memories are like, they're a mishmash. Like if this was a movie, there'd be a thick fog and you'd hear two people's voices at the same time. Cause you're not sure to have this conversation with John or with Tom, right? Like it's, yeah. So I played it a lot. I think probably kind of like I mean, the I'm way ca- you described Diablo and Diablo two. Like <laughs> I'm that's sort of where I'm at with arcade turtles games. I mean, and, and, and I'm in very much so the same boat. I am actually less sure that I did play this one uh, because I played a billion hours of turtles in time. You yeah. know, like that was so, that was my <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was my Ninja Turtles game. You know, like I uh the, the the sound effects the pizza the you know i i can still just close my eyes right now and remember you know certain parts of the level you know so i may have played this a little bit you know but also for us you know at least in in, in my memory you know i remember a time when the nes was the only console that i had but that was a relatively short amount of time you know like so mm-hmm. i got an NES, and then I think two years later, I got an SNES when it was on the earlier edge, and then the Genesis came out not too long after that, and then that, having all three of those consoles at the same time, was what I remember the longest, you know, so I say that to say, why would I play Ninja Turtles for the NES when I probably, within a couple of years, had access to Turtles in time, you know, which is, I mean, a superior game like it, it's it's not the it, this is this would be like the Mega Man X2 not <laughs> Mega Man X6 right where it's like right. they took everything and then they honed it and made it nicer and prettier and rounded off some of the edges as opposed to, you know so uh yeah that so so I probably probably played it a bit but uh uh mostly play turtles in time um just we have a couple like die hard uh Mega Drive Genesis people so before they feel obligated to like hate at you on twitter um i will tell you technically the sega genesis was a contemporary of the nintendo first and then the super nintendo even though they're both 16-bit consoles that was the whole thing is like they went to 16-bit kind of early and that gave them some benefits but it also caused them some problems because then by the time nintendo said okay we're ready for eight more bits they were also way better at designing video games so like there was Yeah, so technically, the Nintendo and the Sega... Don't get me wrong. In my mind, you have the 8-bit generation and the 16-bit generation, but <laughs> if we're being pedantic. So anyway, uh, shall we shill? Uh, we shall. Just uh, one, one uh, side thing, though, is um, is that I think that uh, that was a similar thing that killed the PlayStation Portable, right? Was that it was way more powerful hardware than anyone was really willing to program for, for like a portable, you know... Oh, I think... 
You might be thinking of the Vita, the second one. Yes, yeah, yes. I think so. But yeah, we're basically it was like you know it's like it's basically like having a PlayStation in your pocket, and it's like so that means I got to pay sixty dollars for a pocket game. Well, no, we'd still want you to pay only forty dollars. But now no one's going to design for this amazing hardware, and, and yeah, so everybody whenever you know the console wars flame up, no. This this console is twice as powerful. Is anybody programming for that though? For all of those extra horses, all those extra ponies, are they in the stable or are they uh, they running around doing a pony show? Because uh, matters, yeah, dude. So it's uh, it's Betamax and VHS, right? <laughs> when people are like, "Oh, Betamax is the superior format," it's like, right? But if I go to a store right now and I want to buy a copy of a movie that I love, what format are they going to be selling it in? Because that's the I need a player that will play indiana jones and ghostbusters and back to the future i don't actually really care what the thing is i just want to watch this movie i want to watch and that you're a thousand percent right like uh the the playstation vita was such a tragedy because it was (laughs) such an incredible piece of hardware and it just uh it's so sad so yes we we shall chill uh, yeah, if you want to hear more of this, you should, of course, subscribe to the show. Uh, you can find us on the internets at uh, nostalgiagoggles.audio. You can find us on Twitter. You can find the game list on our website, and the feedback form, all those links in the show notes. Uh, I also stream most of the games that we play on Twitch. So if you want to uh, see kind of some behind the scenes before the review gets released, you can find me on there as well. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit, uh, easy thing to do is rating and review. Uh, but if you really want to go the extra mile, I think uh, personal recommendations are always the best. Somebody you know that loves classic video games, go tell them, check out the show. If especially if they've never heard of a podcast or they don't listen to any podcasts, because like you know, you get them, you get them into that sweet podcast drug, and then they're into it. Uh, if you really want to go crazy, you can support us on Patreon, and everybody who supports at all levels gets the after show for as little as one dollar. You can get a bunch of extra content. Uh, and then if you support us at higher levels, uh, you may actually get your name shouted out on the show. So with that, we need to th- first thank our 8-bit classics, Jacob. A leading Leonardo. Yarno. A dynamic Donatello. Jason. A righteous Raphael. John. A monkey and around Michelangelo. And Kevin. Television ready, April O'Neil. <laughs> our 16-bit hero, Michael. A skull cracking Casey Jones. And our full 3D supporter, David. The Super Shredder. <laughs> Dude, the Super Shredder at the end of Shredder's Revenge is like pretty uncanny. Like, there's, he's unsettling. He, he is, one, very uncanny, but two, exactly what I remember Super Shredder being like from Turtles in Time. Right? You yeah. know, like, Scary. S- s- same ability sets, same like, you know, lightning. I mean, ugh, game's good, but th- that game's good. We, we, and we will talk about that game next Because <laughs> I actually... I and and I'll share this for for the other episode too. But um, I woke up at like one in the morning because my brain had made a connection on a visual in that game that I immediately hopped online on my computer and double checked a YouTube video to like make sure that I was thinking of it correctly and I was correct and I made a note of it and went back to sleep. It was just so weird to be shot awake by like my brain saying. <laughs> Hey, I made a new correlation. This is time sensitive. Wake up. <laughs> I, I wish more often my brain was like, this is important to you and you have the ability to document it because it's, <laughs> it seems like more often than not way later. I'm like, oh, that thing was important and I didn't write it down. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like I, I was like, that wasn't time sensitive brain. But I do think this was a good use of my time. So well done, brain. Well, and what a perfect 
uh, link right into audio visuals for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, which they had to call it 2 because the NES already had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, but we're not talking about that. We're no, talking we're about not. this. Um, so I just right out of the gate, I got to say, this is an arcade port, which means they had to, you know, dumb it down to what the NES could handle. They were not willing to take a B effort from the Nintendo. They pushed the Nintendo maybe too hard because yes. in the first stage, things look good, right? The turtles look good. The, the enemy sprites, all the foot soldiers all look good. They're they're when you, when you can see them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the, the environments look good. Uh, the, the way people interact, like they have their, their grabs and they have weapons and they have jumping animations and that like everything actually looks really great except to your point (laughs) it is often flickering in and out of reality so much so that in the later levels when there's more enemies on screen and there's like a bunch of environmental hazards and there's all kinds of crap going on sometimes you're just blind fighting you're just swinging in the nothingness because the enemies have completely blinked out of existence and because all these enemies are actually made up out of multiple sprites they like cronenberg out of existence where huge chunks of them will disappear but not the whole sprite because the sprite is made up of multiple tiles and only some of the tiles aren't being rendered so it's like it's such a shame because it's it's not it's not the art's fault right the art is excellent but (laughs) there's just too much of it it's it's way too much it's way too much and the thing is that i i really do feel that the uh developers and the nes you know it this is this is the the nes you know uh picking up like it's three kids you know and like holding it on its shoulders but but it used to be able to do that when their kids were four but now they're all six but it's not willing to let go of that yet you know so it's just sitting there grunting its way up the mountain you know just drenched in sweat you know my knees my back everything's on fire which it is in the first level and honestly that was the thing that that kind of keyed me into it where uh you know i i boot up the game and i'm like all right you know let's do this thing and the fact that the uh entire front of the first level is constantly flickering and the fire animation is solid you know and so i was looking at it i was like wow that's that looks good and then i paused it to to write down that looks good and it kept going man like the fire never stops you know and i was like that's kind of a cool little uh little feature that they just kind of keep it going you know and i was like this is so what you're saying is we didn't start the fire it was always burning since the world's been turning man <laughs> keep 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 giving me song lyrics I'll, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah so you know it's uh it just it i say all that to so at first i was like oh man this is deeply impressive you know what well done bravo and then I started playing the game. I was like, oh, there it is. You know, <laughs> where when, when things started to kind of flicker out of existence. And I was like, oh, man, I thought I knew it had to be too good to be true because physics, you know, but uh, but they, they, they had me going there for a minute, man. Well, and it, it's you've been playing the game for a while before I would say it becomes problematic right because yeah things start flickering in the first level if you let too many foot soldiers come onto the screen right there's just there's too much noise and, and things will flicker but they flicker for a second or you kill an enemy and then they stop flickering you know once it gets below some threshold but then in 
I don't know, I would say starting in maybe like level six or seven, it's basically nonstop. Like unless you are between scenes and there are no enemies on the screen and no environmental hazards firing, it is just things you and the enemies just blinking in and out of existence. Remember in chunks, which I think may actually be worse because it, it's like, yeah, I still know where I am, but I have this giant, you know, perfectly square chunk ripped out of my chest or off of my face. And it, it's just, <laughs> it's it's very unfortunate because everything looks so good. Like I was not blown away by like the level of artistry, but I have very clear mental pictures of Turtles in Time, right? Both in the arcade where it looked incredible and on the Super Nintendo where it still looked really good. So to boot this up and not immediately point and laugh at its, you know, pale imitation of games that came out several years later was like, oh, damn, this actually looks pretty solid. But then, oh, God, just the flickering is just it's it's I'm, there were times I died in later levels because I was like, oh, that enemy was attacking me and I literally couldn't see it. Right. Um, side note, the way they handled blind blind fighting in fifth edition D- Dungeons and Dragons is way better than three five. And we can talk about that in the after show. Uh, <laughs> All right. I will. I will put that in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, I, I I had a reason to look that up recently. I was like, oh, God, this is just this is just so much better. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, one of the things I did say, uh, one of my top notes is that I think that the turtles themselves look really good, you know, uh, in the sense that, you know, they couldn't make them huge and take up all of the screen because it's it's brawler right you know the bigger you are the bigger you are to hit right uh but despite the fact that the turtles don't take up a lot of the screen i thought that they you know they they did a really good job especially considering that you know so they decided to make the turtles always stare at you right but i think that yeah when you are not moving they are staring directly into the camera which i actually thought was an odd choice it was it was odd, but I think it was probably the way to go, just because I think that that's what looked the most like a Ninja Turtle, you know? It does give they, you the silhouette. Right, you know, whereas if they did it forward, they would have had to do that weird, you know, because I was watching the, some the of the beak. animated series. Yeah, like the weird kind of turtle half-beak thing, you know? And that would have been weird, you know, and, and especially when dealing with that many pixels. So I think that that was actually a, a good choice, um, or or probably the best choice that they had. Uh, and, and the other thing that I think probably saved them a little bit of memory was the fact that all of the turtles are just palette swaps of each other. So, you know, once they drew a really nice turtle, they they just swapped the colors on them and then gave them a different weapon. Now, that being said, is that they did do, which I appreciate, different animations for all of the different, like, attacks, you know, because they, they're all wielding different weapons. So it's, it's and, and that's kind of one of the big things about Ninja Turtles, man. When you played Ninja Turtles as a kid, you know... Like, whoever was Ninja Turtle got two sticks, and whoever was playing Donatello got one big stick, and whoever was playing uh, Raphael got, like, two really small sticks, and whoever played Michelangelo sucked. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I forgot how he... he's a party we... dude. <laughs> he, he is, you know? Um, and and so- sorry, Bucknell, who's absolutely the Michelangelo of our group, but... Uh... <laughs> um, no, I just, I just... I remember that was always a pain, because, like, how do you do yeah. that with because with all the other ninja turtles you could just do sticks that you could find you know but with michelangelo you gotta tie like, them together with vines because apparently yeah, was, we're like raised by wolves children <laughs> <laughs> you had to go find some rope and then you know 
your parents never have, you know, a couple of segments of one inch rope or, or one foot rope. So then you end up with a huge, long piece of rope hanging out. To, it, it's a mess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say all that to say that um, they do have different attack animations. I couldn't tell. For what I could tell, I think the answer to this is no. I don't think that there was any difference in range or damage that the different so, attacks did. I was trying to figure this out myself, right? And and this this is we will we will save the let's save the particulars of this for uh gameplay. We could say right now that the animations are very they're varied in their presentation right like the way leonardo swings his swords looks like a sword swing whereas the way michelangelo swings the nunchucks looks like a nunchuck swing right so it's like they do look very different uh in their like tonality but they don't look very different in their functionality and uh i i will share with you if we get there uh kind of like my experiment for that but i agree with you that they they look the way they're supposed to look what you don't really get a sense of is like wouldn't I have a way bigger range with a staff than I have with size? Because it, it doesn't look like you do, right? Whether you do or not mechanically, we'll talk about, but like visually, it doesn't even look like you do. Right. And that's kind of what I, and again, I didn't spend too much time, you know, experimenting per se. Just my gut feel was, I'm like, I don't think that, that, that there's too much more range. And again, you'd think it would be stark, you know, where it's like, but you know, the and, and to be fair, you know, one of the nice things about like a pole arm is that you can totally pull it way in close to your body and fight in at a close range which is what he's doing when he's swinging he's swinging it like really close to his body but uh it's not that's not what you expect from donatello and and to be fair in the later games the the different weapons was like actually a difficulty setting you know so donatello was the easiest he had the biggest range and then leonardo was next easiest and then michelangelo and then like if you were playing Raphael, probably you were the fourth person in the group, you know, <laughs> or like the uh, you, you also probably had the broken controller. Let me put it to you that way. Right. Is that like if you're playing as Raphael in with Turtles in Time with whoever you're playing with, you've also got the broken controller because, yeah, you know, you, you have the Mad Cats controller <laughs> or the buttons are all backwards and on the other side. Yeah. One of the other things, though, uh, uh, that I'll throw into visuals um, and then uh, I've got a couple of notes. I got one other throwaway and then a couple notes on on the audio. Um is that uh the bosses now I'm blanking, but the bosses at least flash when they get low on health, which is uh They have two flashes. They get I think they flash at probably somewhere around 50% and then again at like a different flash at like 25%. Mhm. But that's nice, you it's know, great. because Yeah, because one is it lets you know, "Hey, I'm a uh, I'm I'm, I'm one, I'm doing damage, you know, which is sometimes in games like this, you don't always know that. And two, ah, you know, like I'm making progress, which really amps up the tension of the battle. And uh, one of the other things they do to amp up the tension is I'm pretty confident they screw with your hit points when your hit points get low. But we can talk about that in... Uh, Probably. I mean, that that's that's a standard video game trick thing. Well, it is it is now for sure. But I think back yeah. then it was it was less so, right? But... I'm really confident that that last pip is like three pips, you know, um, <laughs> it is secretly more pips, right? Which is fine. You know, which is great. Cause that, because then what it does is, is, is all of a sudden, you know, Rocksteady starts flashing super fast and you're like, but I've only got two hit pips left. Oh no, now I only have one, but, but he's so close to death. And you know, like that, that feeling, which is, I'm sure what they're going for is really easier to achieve with those types of visuals. 
Yeah. And I mean, I was, cause I have a similar note just even about the flashing is when you uh, are wailing on them and they have their like, they, you know, they flash when they get hit, right? Which I think is literally called a hit flash or a hit spark, right? When it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the all white, like wang, and they yep. throw their head back and throw their arms back and they take damage. Um, but then when you get them to, I'm going to just say it's 50 and 25%. When you get them to 50% health and now they're flashing constantly and then you get them to 25% health and I think they flash faster and different colors. It might just be faster, which creates like a stroby effect, but they it's it is different and the uh the way that that emotionally like ramps up the tension is palpable like it's and it's one of those things that i'm i'm actually pretty comfortable mentioning it just in um visuals because i i was i actually got to play this game a little bit with my older daughter because i don't usually get to play video games with her and even in like the short amount of time she was in front of this game like she noticed like Oh, that means like something, right? And and like and and it was like flashing, like yeah, right. So, so like just see her seeing it, having a very very low games literacy because she doesn't get to play a lot of video games, and she immediately connected like the emotional response that the developers expected her to have, which is like wow, nailed it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I think that's uh, all good. And then the the one throwaway note that I had is uh in. In in the first uh, level, Pizza Hut got some advertising in there. It's in uh, several levels. <laughs> okay, that was the one I noticed it in. Was, yeah, uh, I know. think I think they stop after the third, maybe. But it, it mm. yeah, P- Pizza Hut man, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut. Yeah, because I mean, and, and Pizza Hut still exists for sure. But man, Pizza Hut was the bomb diggity back in the day, man. It it was a different time, right? Like, and we were different people, I'm sure. I felt differently about Pizza Hut as a child than I do now as an old man, right? Like, yeah, you just oh, well because I mean, when you don't have to worry about your digestive system handling Pizza Hut because your yeah. digestive system handles everything, <laughs> um, it, it it changes things that that and so you know obviously so uh, one book it I just remember book it from you know Pizza oh, Hut yeah, like yeah 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 <laughs> um, but the one thing that I remember and this is actually a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing uh, was uh, you know. The, the tv show there was an episode where like they open up a truck and like pizzas come flying out one of the pizzas hits michelangelo in the face right uh i actually got a really bad stomach virus when i was very young right so like i just couldn't really keep anything down for like a week you know um so you know i, I got over it eventually but on like day four uh so all my mom was feeding me was like very very like light soft stuff right mostly chicken noodle soup right uh because you know it's, it's good for you and that's what you did uh, so on like day three, I just remember I was sitting there, you know, like feeling crappy and like watching this show. Michelangelo gets hit in the face with a pizza. And I just remember going, Mom, I'm hungry. And she said, I'll start warming up some soup. <laughs> I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> no, I'm hungry for a Pizza Hut pizza. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember seeing that. And then just in my mind, like I brought forward all of the Pizza Hut pizzas. And I was like, that is what I want. And it's like, I will get you chicken noodle soup. Apparently, I was not hungry. I was just craving Pizza Hut pizza. Your body knows what it needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, give give me this so that way at least I can taste something delicious before I throw it up as opposed to this garbage you're feeding me. Stupid chicken noodle soup. That's not even kind of pizza. Um, <laughs> I, I think this game actually shipped with like a 
bring this coupon to the store for a free mm. personal pan pizza. So, I mean, this tie-in ran deep. Yeah. Which, which I appreciate. Give me pizza. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I mean, b- back in the day when, when Pizza Hut was king, Domino's was a distant second, and I guess Little Caesars existed? I don't know. Yeah, at this time. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We're not going to debate pizza, because then I will also want pizza. Um, the, <laughs> the music in this game is jams. It is. It's banging music, man. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's I literally my note says banging music, you know, just really, really enjoyable. So the the thing I want to talk about is I, I would love it if anybody in our audience uh, has like way better music theory than I do, because it's mine's not very good. Um, several of the songs are obviously remixes of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme, right? Um, the one we all know from the cartoon. Um, a couple of the songs have like little pieces that are obviously inspired by that song, but then the rest of it sounds very different. And then there's a few songs that sound just nothing like it. And what I'm curious about is, are those songs still in some way variations on the theme? Like are all like 10 music tracks, are they just all variations on the theme? Or is it just that? several of them are several of them use you know little snippets and then several of them are original songs that's what i think is probably happening but there's just a little part of me that's like no i want every single song to just be (laughs) a remix of the theme song it's like oh this is the theme song but in a minor key and slowed way down and this is the theme song but in like you know a weird jazz key and sped way up right like i I don't think that's what's happening but i just kind of want it to be it could be. Let's say that's what's happening, you know, just because just why not? Who are we hurting? Um, so, yeah. And the uh, the only other real sound that, that I have is uh, um, and this is this is a weird thing. I find the sound that it makes when you hit mousers deeply satisfying. I don't know why that, that like that kind of metal clanky that, noise. Clink, clink, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Because that's the exact same in my mind. It, it's at least very similar. The sound that it makes in Turtles in Time uh, where they just they just all make that noise, and I don't know what it is, man. But like my brain just really absolutely the, loves that sound. The, it does the not, mousers are the little like pod looking thing. They have the whip. New, uh, I forget what those are called. No, the mousers are the. I think they make the sound same sound, but the mousers are the uh, little robot. Um, they're mousers, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I can't make it any simpler than that. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 they're 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 the little like rat things. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that is this because all the robots probably make the same like metally clanky noise. Yeah, they're, they're also like they are also robots, but they're not the the whip, yeah. the whip robots, um, which suck. I don't like those. But well, no. I was going to say maybe the reason you like that sound is because it means you've hit them and they're really annoying. Um, <laughs> but uh, my 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 big thumbs up to the sound in this game is this game's a brawler and it's an S era brawler, which means there's a pretty small amount of sound effects and you are hearing them a lot none of them ever get annoying which is and some of them are like metal clanking kind of clashy sound effects that you would think run a high risk of becoming annoying but i i played through the whole game and never felt like oh my god like if i hear the you know foot soldier exploding noise or the you know weapon thwack noise one more time i'm gonna kill myself but it's just i don't know if it's because the music is such jams i'm just like not even paying attention or because i'm so into it that like that's just washing over me but i was afraid going into it i was like oh, i'm gonna hear these two or three sound effects like thousands and thousands and thousands of times even just in the 
you know, two weeks that we have to play the game, but eh, just never, never got irksome, which I always like golf clap for the effects artists. Cause that is probably a way taller order than I realize. Right. And, and also too, it's, it does seem like that, or at least in my memory of it, that it didn't cause constant ducking out of the uh, music, you know, right. um, which uh, again, will inherently make a sound effect more annoying if, you know, you you're listening to this awesome awesome sound and now in order to play the game you have to make the sound the the awesome music go away in order to to kill the bad guy so uh yeah so no good good uh are you good on audiovisual yeah we can go to gameplay no i got another thing we gotta do first um <laughs> which uh so which turtle were you man uh as a kid or when i play like when i'm in my backyard or do you mean playing the game uh when you were a kid in your backyard uh Raphael. yeah that that Dude, tracks 100 percent. red and violent like yep yeah color red likes to hit things like that yeah yep. that that lined up with me as a kid and to a much lesser extent lines up with me now like i don't just eh, run punch. around punching <laughs> i don't just punch strangers i only punch people i know but i mean so so is Raphael. <laughs> uh i feel like he'd hit a stranger he would though yeah i mean if it got between him and some pizza especially like you know when we say teenage mutant ninja turtles we mean like the 80s 90s cartoon right but some of the later versions of that show like they did like a cgi one there were a couple other animated ones there's like half a dozen iterations of the show in some of them he is a sociopath like he is a hyper violent nutcase i don't identify with that the like cutesy warner brothers-esque bugs bunny violent Raphael, like ah he's like always ready for a fight like that is a very different kind of adorable childlike violence not the you know started two world wars kind of violence yeah the the complete edgelord because i mean yeah because sometimes you know when they they do it they're like well it has to be the original newton ninja turtles but supercharged and so then everybody is you know leonardo is a complete staunch humorless samurai you know uh, and it's just like, well, that wasn't that wasn't his thing. He was just the leader, you know. Well, and and you always know, like before you even watch a single episode, you can tell that that's what they did with the characters because the original characters are like very round and soft. Probably made it really easy to make toys and stuff out of them because their design. Um, the later, some of the later iterations, like everything is full of corners, like <laughs> just super sharp and jagged. And it's like, oh, okay. So Michelangelo is now going to be a full blown stoner. Donatello is going to be like a typical geek, right? Then you've got the the humorless samurai, the violent sociopath. Like it's just like, okay, we get it. You put more corners on everything. Shut up. Yep. Um, for, the interesting thing for me is because you know, like it's the four humor theory, right? Where it's it's kind of you know. Uh, who was your favorite you know mutant growing up and there's like a handful that everybody says but for ninja turtles everybody has a different one right because it it is very you know you're like oh i identify with this character the weird thing for me is that i was always like 80 percent of the time i was leonardo the other 20 percent of the time like if if somebody else was leonardo then my second go-to is donatello and then later on being like a a lab director a laboratory director i feel like that that's 80 percent leonardo and 20 percent donatello and i was like this is man i I, so now with like (laughs) so you'll appreciate this so with teddy like he's been playing for a while you know the 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 new one shredder's revenge and and so probably you know beating it like eight times i was like okay buddy which ninja turtle are you you know which one's your favorite 
And he was like, Raphael. And I was like, all right, we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> uh, we turn out fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, but but <laughs> I was like, okay, well, hopefully he'll be the, the fun-loving cartoon Raphael and not the edgelord sociopath <laughs> Raphael. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a that's a reasonable thing to wish for your kid. Right. <laughs> So yeah, that was the the thing I had to ask was which uh which Ninja Turtle you were. But uh No, that is a critical part of the discussion. I would have been heartbroken if we left out. So you're you're well within your <laughs> your podcast host rights. Excellent. Um so gameplay. Uh it's not as complicated as the later games, man. Like this is nope. this is my the through line for any negative thing I would say about the game. They could all be traced back to what you do in level one is the same thing you do in level 10, except with more things on the screen, which as we mentioned, you can't always see. Right. And so, you know, this is a a Nintendo game. So I don't know what the controls were like in the arcade. We didn't play the arcade game on the Nintendo version. You have attack, you have jump. If you jump and press attack, you do like a downward kick, right? Kind of like a, uh, I, I didn't think about this until just now, but exactly like the downward kick that Alucard does in Symphony of the Night, he now does a Ninja Turtles kick. Um, and <laughs> that came first, right? So all the turtles do the downward kick. So having a different weapon doesn't make your jump attack any different. Um, and, and the downward kick automatically angles you. Yes, yes, it's, it's like a fully scripted animation. Um, up to and including because you can hit the attack button at different parts in your jump arc and you will have a shorter distance to travel to the ground but you move the exact same speed the exact same way right it, it's very like this is a tool use it to solve problems right not like this is a way you can move about the world um but then if you do kind of like a rolling like if you roll your thumb from uh jump to attack like not you don't press them at the exact same time it's like jump attack uh, you will do sort of like a uh, like a half jump where you spin your body and you like swing your weapon out kind of wide. And uh, I didn't I played for a couple hours before I realized that was a thing you could do. And then once I realized that was a thing you can do, it became the only thing I did because <laughs> that one hits almost every regular enemy. So if you're playing by yourself or even if you're playing with other people and you're getting swarmed by enemies, It's really worth it to get good at executing that maneuver, but that is where tactics stops. There's no charge up moves. There's no super moves. There's no team up moves. If you're playing with multiple people, there's no, uh, you can't like make bad guys like trip and fall in holes or have them get knocked over by environmental hazards or anything like there is. You hit them with your weapon. You hit them with your weapon on the first screen and on the last screen. And that's it. You can't and you can't run in this, right? There's no dash charge. There's no slide kick. There's no nothing like this is the purest, most simplistic version. It's the first one of this formula. And it's I think that single thing dates this more than all the Ness hardware limitations. (laughs) So, yeah, a hundred and ten percent agree with with all of that. Right. Is that um, is that there's just not a lot. Once could not really think of a reason to want to play to level 10, you know, because it's just, it's just the same, it just, you know, and, and even because there are so few ways to interact with the environment, the, to your point, right, is that you're, you're given the tool of punching 
and the tool of jumping and the tool, you know, like you're given these four tools, right? And that's it, you know? So the the number of novel ways to solve problems is super limited, you know? So it, it, as opposed to, you know, playing some modern brawlers and things like that, where you could be like, oh, well, in this one, I think I'm going to try using mostly my super attack. But in this one, I'm going to try, you know, I think that for this one, jump kicking is probably the best way to go. And oh, for this one, I'm going to have this person, you know, I'm going to have Donatello kind of like handle this area because all of these guys have have large reach. And I'm as Raphael, who does more damage, but is, is shorter. I'm going to get all up on this guy. You know, like all of that. So none of that exists. Right. I will say, though, that it, it is like a weird kind of proto Ninja Turtles game in the sense that. <laughs> There are some things that I didn't know were callbacks to this original game, but uh, but they are, you know. So first of all, uh, basically the fact that there are the 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 foot soldiers, palette swapped foot soldiers, right? The ro- whip whip robots, the mousers, and uh, you know, it's kind of it, right? You know, like I mean, there's there's I I think there's um, and I mean, and then there are the bosses, right? Uh, but but yeah, I mean, like that's th- those are the bad guys and. All the engine, other Ninja Turtles, pretty much the same thing. Maybe add in one or two other bad guy types. That's it. The thing that, but the two things I found particularly novel, where I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that that came from this," is uh, almost every Ninja Turtles game that I I can think of had the um, weird canisters that come out of the ground and freeze you. Yeah, you know? that's they, they, probably they that. that's probably the environmental hazard I hate the most. That no, that is in here. <laughs> it's not until the. Either the very last level or the second last level, they're in the Technodrome, right? So it's like way, 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 yeah, way later, you know. Yeah, but it, it when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, you know, because we've been I've been playing Shredder's Revenge, and they still have that in there, you know. And I was like, oh, like from Turtles in Time, that's pretty cool. No, not like from Turtles in Time, like from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two for the NES. Like, oh, and the other thing that I thought was interesting is that Baxter Stockman is a bastard in every single iteration of this game because he flies <laughs> you know yeah. And, yeah and so it just like apparently they decided that you know like hey at some point you've had your fun and you're done and uh and you're gonna have to deal with this nonsense and so because he flies around in this one and he's an absolute nightmare to deal with and i've just remembered him being flying around in turtles in time and being an absolute nightmare to deal with and in shredder's revenge he flies around and is an absolute nightmare to deal with so I just Flying like, enemies I mean, in brawlers, dude. Yeah, it's just not what brawlers are made for. And now, to be fair to the later Ninja Turtles credit, is that normally Baxter Stockman is the only flying enemy, you know? So so they're like, look, we know that this sucks, but we kind of did it on purpose, you know? Like, here, here's your broccoli, eat your broccoli. Okay, now look at how flavorful everything tastes compared <laughs> to this garbage broccoli, right? Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> now look at how delicious this pizza is. <laughs> but I, I will say though that it was just really interesting to see the it really feels like a skeleton of a game and i don't mean that in a negative way i mean just that it, what else was the nest going to do it, it needs fleshing out and that's what all the other ninja turtles did was they took this skeleton and they just kept fleshing it out and sculpting it and you know like make eventually it go, becomes michelangelo's david haha <laughs> i did the thing um but yeah that's that's kind of what i thought about like the gameplay as a whole is it's all there you know so i will say uh well let me first talk about the difference between the turtles because i did a little not like a super scientific experiment but i think 
Leonardo is about average on range and speed. Donatello is a little slower, but has a little more range. And then Michelangelo and Raphael have a little less range, but are a little faster. So I, I don't think any of them hit harder because I'm pretty sure enemies always went down in the same number of hits. Um, but I think that that's what you get, right? Is either a little bit more range or a little bit more speed. But even there, the differences did not feel massive. And I had to be really looking for them, right? Right. So that's obviously not the direction like modern mascot games have gone. Like even in modern versions of Mario Kart, like the each driver is still different, even though you can customize the cart, right? which is like insane to me. Cause it's like, let me just drive as the character I want to drive as. Why are you, they're in a car. Like is Bowser so heavy that the difference between his weight and like baby peach's weight actually makes the entire car perform differently. Like if yes. so, these are not reasonable vehicles for them to be competing with. Right. Like, <laughs> so, you know, the, the later Ninja Turtles games, uh, have much more pronounced differences between the turtles. And I, was at first lamenting the fact that they're not that different in this game, but you know what that frees you up to play as your favorite, right? So if you come over and you want to play as Leonardo and I want to play as Raphael, like one of us is not having the obviously superior experience or the obviously inferior experience. We can just play as the one we like to play as. So having those differences be small to the point of them almost being like impossible to even notice. I was like, that's, there is a real upside to that when you're talking about like <laughs> a mascot brawler, right? Like a, a, a beat em up. Um, the other thing is the repetitive- sorry, real fast before you, before you get too, too much further. No, you um, go. Ba- ba- baby peach ostensibly weighs like 10 pounds, right? You know, maybe 20. I just Bowser weighs 1600 pounds. That's his so canonical it- weight. Yeah. So, so, um, it's cause I looked it up. Uh, so I, I would make the argument that in a go-kart that, that could, that could make some significant performance. No, I agree. And that's why they're yeah. inappropriate vehicles because then peach by virtue of being an immortal baby person has an advantage <laughs> that her car is better suited to her size. Well, but I mean, like in horse racing, right? Like, like jockeys weight, you know, like arguably the lighter jockeys have like a slight advantage, which is why they have smaller jockeys, right? So so you're saying that Bowser is ill-suited to cart racing, not that the cart is (laughs) ill-suited. Because otherwise we have to assume that that horses are ill-suited to horse racing. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, that, that I'm going to just go ahead and stick with that opinion because it is way funnier. Yeah, 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 it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, man, if, if Bowser and Peach have these types of differences, then we shouldn't have horse racing anymore. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so, okay, yes. now now continue. <laughs> no, another worthy uh, worthy side, <laughs> side note. Um, so when you are playing this game by yourself, I think the limited mechanics and the fact that you can't really use the environment to strategize or anything uh, does become a massive detriment like it it starts to suck away from the fun of the game i think in a in a pretty real way that is problematic that melts away a lot when you are playing with another person or or other people right because the nest version you only play with one other person in the original arcade right out of the gate you had four people so like 
they knew what this was supposed to be, right? Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, uh, Final Fight, like all these games, no matter how much or how little strategy there is, you're also supposed to play with other people. And the fact that having another person does, or another turtle, having another turtle yeah. does actually it's mean. Person. They're just not human. Uh, that's true. Yeah. I actually, I, I forget that like personhood does not mean humanity. <laughs> and you would right. think as someone who plays D and D, like I would be able to internalize that. <laughs> but for some reason I struggle with that. No, um, one of my favorite examples of that is, um, is that I make the argument that Superman, though not human is more of a person than Lex Luthor is, which is, which, which the best Superman comics are written around that concept you know you're right you know having another turtle person uh does give you i think just enough additional strategy and ways to interact with your uh attackers that it washes away a lot of the oh my god this is getting so repetitive right because if one of us makes a mistake the other person can like do they come in and help or do they let you, you know, try to get back on your feet and figure it out, right? If we are splitting the screen and you're dealing with enemies on the left and I'm dealing with enemies on the right and you get smashed against the opposite wall and now we are both on the same side of the screen, do we now deal with this new reality or do we try to, you know, return to dividing and conquering? So I I would say like the mechanics in this are simple to the point of requiring a second player whereas some later brawlers tried to kind of account for that and say like, well, we need to make the universe fun and interesting enough that you could play this by yourself and still feel like you have tactical and strategic choices. This, this to me does not feel like that. They're basically saying you have a couple of tools and we expect there to be two of you. Yeah. And, and, I, I don't know if in the original arcade you could play as all four. I know in this game in, you can in, only play as... In the arcade, you could do all four. The Nest was, right. of course, limited to two. Right, because there were only two places you could put a controller. Um, but yeah, I, and and I think that, that, to your point, even you know Streets of Rage, all that, is that, yeah, it, it, community is one of the core aesthetics, right? You know, so you're supposed to be playing with a friend. You're supposed to be... that, And, that, and when you add that layer to it, it transforms a game because the thing the main thing that you're doing now is playing a game with a friend not playing the game for the sheer enjoyment of playing the game like you know if you look at it from a purely uh machiavellian or you know uh, point of view is that at the end of a game session of final fantasy right you have hopefully gotten some enjoyment from the game for yourself right at the end of this you have hopefully gotten some enjoyment out of the game for yourself, but you have also spent time bonding with another human, right? You know, so it it takes a lot of the, the edges off of some of the corners. What I will say, though, when you play by yourself, it is highly repetitive. And I do think that there was a huge opportunity miss with, and I, I don't know why, uh, with not having the environment interact with bad guys. Like, the environment interacts with you. So I don't know why it would have been such a hurdle to have the environment also interact with, the bad guys you know no dude i i have a dedicated section about this in my notes it's just like this feels like a strategic miss because this is one of the only additional ways you could potentially interestingly or cleverly deal with enemies and it's just completely cut off from you as a player which of course later uh 
Later Turtles games went on to include this, where enemies can fall in pits and get knocked over by stuff and everything. But this is not just the Turtles' fault. A lot of early brawlers are like this. A lot of early brawlers, the enemies are completely immune from the things you are not completely immune from. And I I don't know if we talked about this on any of the other brawlers that we've reviewed, but uh, now that I recognize this, I hate it. Like, if that giant bowling ball can kill me, it should be able to kill them. If the fire can hurt me, it should be able to hurt them. If the lasers can hurt me, it should the ice freezing, the pits, everything. Like, otherwise, it's like I'm fighting ghosts that are just floating through the world, but somehow are not of the world. <laughs> well, and, and, and also, too, in, in an era where oftentimes controllers got put into screens because the game was cheating, right? You know, like, this feels like the game's cheating, right? Because when... And, and and also it's 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 bad it's you know what it is it's bad conveyance uh because <laughs> if if a bad guy can walk so when i saw the giant you know for whatever reason in this burning building the giant steel balls coming flying down the uh the stairs like they do in burning buildings um are they, are they supposed to be construction like wrecking balls i mean that's probably the best explanation for one and only one of them, but you know, <laughs> yeah. But why are there an infinite number of them? Yeah, and, and some of them coming down in pairs. You know, like <laughs> just, well, there's two turtles, uh, you see. So uh, yeah, so so we needed seventeen thousand <laughs> wrecking balls on site, uh, and and some of them we throw down in pairs. Uh, but anyway, so but when it just went right by the bad guys, I was like, the only reason this would exist is because it can hurt me. So that that made sense. But then when they popped out of the, the sewer thing and then walked over the sewer ground, I'm like, uh, maybe this doesn't hurt me. You know, maybe I also won't be. Maybe this was just a, a novel way for the person to enter the screen. No, it, it hurts you. So it, it, it actually kind of is just garbage conveyance on top of being everything else that's wrong with it. You know, so again, I don't know why that decision was made, but it was. I, I honestly think this is one of the few pure artifacts of the time right like there's a lot of things in here that obviously have evolved uh, as game design has evolved but enemies are completely separate from all of the environmental hazards feels like a well that's just how you make brawlers and maybe it was hard to code for maybe it was uh it made the the hazards harder to design i, I don't know maybe there was a good reason that all like early eight and 16 bit era brawlers. Maybe it's just because it makes the game harder. You have to deal with something and they don't, but it makes the world feel stupider and I hate it. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I will say one of the other uh, more meaty notes I have is that, uh, so one of the very, very first things that I realized when we were doing this podcast many moons ago now is, uh, is that, which plane of existence that you're in in a brawler and how the game handles that math is super important, right? Yeah. Uh, and I remembered yeah, get, it. And getting that, that wrong breaks the entire game. It does. It does. And that's why Golden Axe, I was like, this game's awesome. And then went back <laughs> and played. I'm like, this game terrible uh, because it did not do that thing well. In this one, it's not game breaking, but I will say that I feel that which plane you're in seems equal but not fair. Right. And I say that to say that I think that when you can hit a bad guy, they can hit you. And when you can't hit a bad guy, they can't hit you. I think that that is true. 
I think the problem is that the game knows exactly when it can hit you, and you don't always know that, right? Because you're human and the game's the game, right? So it's equal. I don't think that it's fair, you know? And I say that, and and obviously we can talk about this more when we actually review the game, but just to, to in this one area, juxtapose it, because I did do an experiment in Shredder's Revenge, and it's super not equal in a modern brawler, right? Because literally I've wa- I watched somebody punch at me I did not move at all, and they did not move, and then I punched, and I hit them. And I was like, that's the way it should be, though, because I probably would have guessed by him hitting me, like like swinging at me, that like, oh, that should probably register a hit. But it didn't. I was like, oh, okay. But I still feel like I should be able to hit you. So we probably were not in the same plane of existence, but we were within and uh, close enough. The game was like, the player, there's a window where I can hit them and they can't hit me. And I don't think that that exists here. So it feels like sometimes... That, the, that you swing on a guy and miss, and then he moves like a pixel down and then tags you, and it doesn't, it, that doesn't feel good. Did, did you play any of Kirby and the Forgotten Realm? Or what no. I like to call I the, I, the Last of Curb? <laughs> no, no, I actually, uh, uh, the only Kirby game I played was the one for the uh, um, uh, Game Boy back in the day. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So, so I, yeah, I just I never really got into that franchise. So so Kirby and the Forgotten Realm is an excellent game. It's just it's a fun kind of bubblegummy platformer, but in true Kirby fashion, like there is actually a fair amount of depth there if you want to engage with it. Um or you can just button mash and still eventually be successful. Uh but it it it's fun. I I like that game quite a bit. The reason I bring it up is most of the Kirby franchise, particularly the Kirby games that people think are good, are all 2D, right? So you don't have the plane of existence problem because everybody's on the same plane all time, always, always, always. Right. So in uh forgotten land, uh, because it's 3d, it, even though it kind of operates like a 2d platformer, cause the way the camera moves and stuff, like you don't really control the camera. Um, they made, I, I saw an interview with some of the developers and they made an explicit decision in how the game engine calculates whether or not a hit should register is how it looks from the camera because that's where hmm. the player is so interesting what they did was they showed like in universe like here is kirby and he swings his sword and the little uh like swooshy you know blade blast like comes off the sword and then they freeze it because this is like in their developer tools they freeze it and they rotate the camera and you can see that this is not going to hit like it's not even <laughs> close but then they put the camera back to where it would be in the game and you can see that from this point of view it actually does look like it's going to hit because it's just the way the angle is. So they calculate collision using that viewing angle as like one of the main, if not the main, like deciding input in the equation and modern brawlers do something similar, right? Where they basically say, should this have hit mathematically? Maybe not, right? Like if an enemy took a swing from this position, maybe that won't connect. But to the player, they're going to see Leonardo swinging his big ass swords around or Donatello swing that giant stick around. And they're going to be like, why did my shillelagh not knock that foot soldier's noggin off? Right. And that's just, it feels bad. Right. And this game is way better than Golden Axe. You're right. But there are a lot of times where you, the player, would say, my sword just passed right through his throat, and there he still stands. And that, it, it feels bad. It feels bad when you feel like your eyes have betrayed you. You're like, well, but I, but it looks like I hit him. 
and I just I think about that cool. I'll I'll try and find the video and, and send it to you that with the the Kirby uh, developers because it's just like that's such a modern game design concept to be that aware of. Well, it needs to work the way it looks like it should work. The way I always picture it is um is that like if you imagine like a bell curve right and you know like the standard deviations and you've seen all that broken out right is that like the the width of the 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 thing is that the bad guys should hit with 95% confidence and the players should hit with 99% confidence right like we get an extra standard deviation you know so there should be and again it doesn't it's not huge like 95 versus 99 right but it's just that extra little bit of width that says you know yeah the bad guys who operate perfectly don't get that extra little bit of width they're the computer they know how the math is playing but you the human get a little bit more give before it's like no that's not cool um so yeah so i think that that and then that ties uh nicely into i think probably my last um uh big note which is uh uh continues take you back to the beginning of the stage which is from what i could tell right Mm -hmm. um yeah so uh uh which is better than nothing but at the same point in time if you're struggling to clear the first stage continues are now meaningless you know um yeah true (laughs) so so to me is i feel like that you know a continue it would be nice nicer i mean like you know is is if it was like okay you know if there if there was at least a checkpoint right because a, a, a stage is maybe 10 minutes long you know that's just a long way to get punted back if you're if you're struggling and especially to your point where most of the time when you're punted back in a game it's because there's a new skill you got to learn or something like that there are no new skills to learn there's three things you can do <laughs> you know i just want to i just want to punch a different a different colored foot soldier man let, let me do that you know so uh yeah because i i really struggled to get past the first level because you know it i wasn't very good at the game you know so i i agree with you that the continues are basically worthless in level one um what i do like about the system they have for continuing play like as in ongoing is it's of course it's hidden behind button inputs because it's 1990 right based on a 1989 arcade game but there is a give me nine lives code. There is a, let me select the level I want to play from code. And there's a, give me nine lives. Plus let me pick the level I want to play from code. Oh yeah. You see that, that completely makes that note evaporate. I didn't know any of that, but like that's, that's neat. Well, and, and this is, uh, maybe I said there was only the one before, but this is another, like you would never do this now because it's not fun. It's not fun to have a, what we now consider to be a basic way to declare how you would like to interact with the game locked behind an opaque code. Right. And there are good reasons for that, right? Not necessarily reasons that people are happy with, but it's like they wanted you to buy the strategy guide or they wanted you to have to talk to your friends on the playground. So the more people are talking about the game, the better go share knowledge about the game. It means people are playing the game, right? Like, it's an arcade port, right? So the arcade just unlimited lives as long as you have unlimited quarters, right? So it's like, I get why. And I tried to play the game with the understanding of, I would have had access to this information. It's not in the manual. I checked like you would have had to have gotten it from a strategy guide or from the tips line or whatever, but or through research. I mean, (laughs) 
I guess <laughs> I just, if I looked it up on the 1990 version of the internet, like, so yeah, like a BBS, I guess. So some, yeah, right. some yeah. weirdo at a university would be like, oh yeah, here's the code for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so, um, I, I have a, a slight, a slight side story, but, uh, it happened to me literally the other day, but speaking of opaqueness and, and so to kind of give the game a bit of a pass because this still exists, um, I was trying to enter in a function into Excel. And since you're in IT, I, 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 this is my way of lodging a formal complaint with your industry. Yes, I, um, I will. When we're done recording and I go have uh, tea and scones with Bill Gates, we'll talk yeah, about Yeah, with the this. Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, is, is I was trying to, and, and I don't have a lot of uh, experience in this particular area, but it's basically is, is, you know, said, I was like, I want to do thing A. So I looked up how to do it. And I'm like, okay, I understand how this function works. And I plugged it in. And, um, and the function didn't work the way I wanted it to. So I'm like troubleshooting, troubleshooting. And it was an array function. I was like, oh, that's the problem is it's an array function. So I need the little squirrely brackets, not just the parentheses brackets, right? So I put the little squirrely brackets in and Excel goes, nah, it's text now, baby. And I was like... <laughs> That doesn't make any sense because it's it's supposed to be an array. And so I, I take this, the, the squirrely ones out and then I put them in a different place. And it's like, nope, no idea what you're talking about now, bro. And so I, I, I was screwing around with this for a solid 20 minutes. Do you know how you get the thing to acknowledge that it's an array? Uh, it's, I'm going to guess either corner bracket, angle brackets or uh, backticks. Neither. It's, it, is, it is the squirrely brackets, right? Yeah. But it has to put the squirrely brackets in. You can't. And the way you get it to do it is control shift enter. What? When you are yes, <laughs> when you are done entering in the equation, you hit control shift enter instead of just enter. Then it puts the brackets in, and now it recognizes it as an array. Well, I am going to have to bring this up with Bill. This is uh, please do because I was very, <laughs> very inside. I literally at that point I said that's stupid and then from another office somebody thought that i was talking to them and then (laughs) (laughs) and i was like no 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 this is good i more people need to know how done this is i say all of that to say that you know like if if microsoft excel is still hiding things behind this nebulous you have to control shift enter right i mean you could probably give like i now have a new level of tolerance for 90s (laughs) video games having like weird nebulous codes because Modern Excel has weird nebulous codes. So, yeah, no, that's I, I appreciate that. That you're like, okay, this is not just an, a problem from three decades ago. Like somehow this is still a problem. Today. Yeah, this is a friggin' today problem. Um, the last other last big note that I had was um, I, I didn't feel that baddies staggered long enough um, when you hit them. You know, so a lot of times you mean I ended like up- their their hit response or like when they got knocked down, like their hit response. So like when I would hit them. One of the things that is fun in brawlers in general is that you once you start hitting a bad guy, it's you that bad guy is kind of yours to lose, right? So you as long as you don't pause or anything like that, you just can wail on them. And then your main thing is like, is somebody coming up behind me and hitting me back in the head with the pipe or whatever, right? In this one, a lot of times I actually went like shot for shot with bad guys where I would hit them and I'd be hitting the punch button as fast as I could, but they would stagger and then because like they moved slightly out of frame or whatever, they would then immediately punch me back. And interrupt my attack, you know, so I didn't feel that they it, when I compared how long they were staggered versus Turtles in Time or versus Shredder's Revenge, um, it was not even close to as long. But again, it's meant to suck quarters, you know, so there's a difference there. Well, this is 
this is an interesting way to frame this because the way I thought of this being a problem is not that their knockback was insufficient, which I, I don't think is a wrong way to measure it, but I was measuring it from the other end of you don't really like combo in this game, right? So when when we were uh, somewhat uh, sarcastically saying like, oh, you could jump and hit, that's it. Like, no, really. Like, yeah. if you if you press the attack button repeatedly, you repeatedly do the same attack, right? It's not like, you know, where like a boxer might do like jab, jab, you know, right hook. It's just like jab, 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 jab. And if that gets interrupted, then you get knocked back and then you jab, jab. Like it's, it's like almost charming and it's simplest, like how simplistic it is, but it does uh, create a problem where you, if you are not always pressing the attack button as fast as the game will accept that input, then you're going to get tagged always right because you never have like a hit hit big hit finisher like there's no there's none of that right so uh i think it's interesting to like place that on the foot soldiers like they don't have a long enough knockback animation whereas to me i i put i blame the turtles completely They're just like <laughs> like you need to mix up your attacks brah like I am I am not a professional ninja turtle but even I know you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. I am not a professional turtle however. Uh but yeah no that that was that was my uh other other big one. Um the only other uh uh thing that I'll say is that um one it, 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 this is more of an audio note but April's scream is sad man that just is not <laughs> not great. Um and 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 then just also the the fact that the entire game is centered around the mechanical challenge of rescuing April O'Neil, I didn't care for that. Um, you know, it's you just, very much have you, so, you aged out of damsels in distress a little bit. Um, but also, too, is that that's not the character, you know, is that there were times in the show where they had to save April. But there were more times that I think of where April was actually helpful, you know, so she's not Princess Peach. She's April O'Neil. You know, and so the fact that they were like, okay, well, well, instead of April being, you know, I mean, ideally a playable character, but even just somebody who occasionally comes in and helps you and Shredder needs to be stopped for reasons other than he's kidnapped somebody. Right. I mean, Shredder's the villain, you know, so I just felt that it was not entirely true to the character and more of a 90s trope than this is what April O'Neil is, you know? Yeah, I I have put no thought into that until you, I mean I just I just thought it was tropey but I hadn't yeah. spent any more time on it but uh you're right like she deserves better than that like, yeah women, yeah man w- women in general but like this is already an established character who is like a strong and helpful the, she's she's I mean she's obviously Lois Lane right like she is a capable journalist who is in the fray because she's not afraid and the reporting needs to get done like She's so obviously Lois Lane, right? And <laughs> and every time Lois Lane gets captured, they make a point to show her being brutally defiant, right? Even though she doesn't have superpowers and she can't do anything to necessarily save herself, like she's never like, "Oh, help me," right? Like she's always just like, "Lex, you're a friggin' knob," right? And like <laughs> maybe in the arcade cabinet, they have cutscenes where it cuts to April O'Neil calling Shredder a weenie and like and that would actually make you feel a little better, right? 
it's like, oh, April's not here helping because she's been captured, but she's not off somewhere shrieking, right? She's off somewhere telling Shredder he's a dork. Well, and also too, even when like they do like the Lois Lane has been captured thing, like most of the time, if they if they're if they're writing it well, right, is that the person who is captured has not resigned themselves to their fate, and the only agent of their survival is the hero, right? Is is that normally they're like, okay, hopefully the Ninja Turtles will come save me, but. I'm also going to see if I can sneak away or, hey, this particular, you know, like, or especially when they can bring their own skills to bear. So, like, for example, you know, like, ah, I can help the Ninja Turtle save me by accessing this camera equipment, which I'm very familiar with and using it to send the message to everyone, you know, or whatever. Right. You know, I mean, like, or even even more heroic would be like sending a message to, uh, you know, the the getting the camera stuff online, sending a message to the news people paying shredder is going to do this terrible thing you need to evacuate this area because then they're being helpful and selfless you know there's a million different ways to attack it but yeah i mean like princess peach i mean i know that in later iterations she's had you know, many powers and, and and they really fleshed her out as a character but initially the main thing was princess peach was there to be saved by mario she was a mechanics uh damsel for the mechanics villain right but i mean april o'neill was was never that so i was just like oh well that's that's kind of a bummer that i mean and especially because in Mario, right, is it is it was like save the damsel in distress. That was Mario's narrative, ostensibly, right? But the the Shredder does all sorts of horrible stuff, right? Like all the time that could just need to be stopped, right? Like Shredder is trying to blow up Manhattan to create to do something or whatever. Go stop him from doing that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, ki- kidnapping Princess Peach is Bowser's crime. The rest of the time, he's kind of not really hurting anything, but. But Shredder is a villain in his own right. This also reduces his complexity as a villain because it's like, ah, this will lure the Ninja Turtles to my lair and then I can defeat them. And it's like, no, they were already coming. You're already a criminal. They're already vigilantes. Like you didn't (laughs) you didn't need to be like, oh, but but will you come and fight me if I've kidnapped your girlfriend? And it's like, dude, we were already in the turtle mobile, like driving to your house to kick your ass. Like, Why'd you do this? Because you know what it is? Hat on a hat. You know? <laughs> it's totally a hat on a hat. So <laughs> April deserves better and Shredder is better than this. Yeah. every Everyone is better than this. This is one of those situations where you walk into the room and the two your two kids are like murdering each other. And you're like, everyone is better than this. Like all of you. I expect better from all of you. Well, who's uh, in trouble? All of you. Everyone. Burn it all down. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, there's what else to say is there? There's nothing. Um, I, I'm going to I would like it, I think, if you went first, because uh, I came into this feeling complicated. So <laughs> do you think that this game held up? So I'm going to give this one a nostalgia monocle um, because I think that it is the the skeleton like i said it's the skeleton for all of these other games so there's some things that it does like very well and i think that so you know would i recommend somebody going back and playing this game uh yeah in a way just because it it strips away so much of the other stuff to just its bare bones so yeah if somebody said like hey man i got 20 minutes and i can play any game in the world would you recommend me playing this i'd be like yeah for about like 20 minutes maybe an hour or so um if you're looking for a really, if they said, give me a great Ninja Turtles brawler, I'd say Turtles in Time, you know, or, you know, Shredder's Revenge or any of the other ones, right? The, but, the Manhattan Project, which was also on the Nintendo, but is 
an iteration in the right direction. Right. So basically they took this first thing and then just iterated on it. And it's and, and unlike Mega Man X, it's just kept getting better. Right. You know, <laughs> so there's no reason for you to go back to the. Be- so so I would say no nostalgia goggles if I said go back and play this. But in my mind, there's no reason to go back to the beginning of the iteration unless you're interested in this thing specifically, you know? So that's why I kind of lean on nostalgia monocle because the nostalgia goggles would be, there's no reason to play this game unless you played it before, right? There is a reason to play this game if, if you're kind of interested in what it looks like with all of the stuff stripped away, right? Um, so the, the analogy I can come up with is that um, there's... There are some things, you know, like that, that are kind of good on their own and some things that, you know, like are, are revivified, right, uh, by, by other, other stuff, right? You know, so Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo, right, I think like we all kind of know who they are, like in and of themselves. Like Leonardo da Vinci, incredibly famous inventor, right? Michelangelo, you have Michelangelo's David, a bunch of very, very famous art that we just kind of know of, right? I'm really confident that the reason why Donatello and Raphael are well-known Renaissance painters is because of the Ninja Turtles, right? I'm trying to think if I could name even a single work from either of them. Right. And I (laughs) cannot. (laughs) Yeah. So, So that's the thing is that you know that they're Renaissance painters, right? You know, or Renaissance artists, but... They're more so Ninja Turtles. So I think, uh, yeah, so I, I think that, that this game falls more, it, this game's more of a Raphael and less of a Leonardo. <laughs> that's, that's cold. Um, <laughs> so I settled on no nostalgia goggles required with an asterisk, which is you that must. you require a nostalgia goggle. <laughs> you must play this game with another person is okay it is i i I think you're right like this is the skeleton of what we now know you know came in the later games in the series and those bones are virtually unchanged right it's not like oh they have similar bones in the future games no this game is the skeleton that is under the muscles and sinew and organs of the later games like just full stop um that being said it is simplistic to the point of boredom if you're not playing with another person if you're playing with another person, there's enough here, right? If you are two skeletons out on Halloween night, like spooking children, like that's fun. If you're just a jerk on like a random Wednesday, scaring little children as a skeleton, like not so much, right? So like you really need the community aspect to get this to be mechanically interesting enough. Um, but then that asterisk has like, I think you call it a dagger, the little T. Mm, yeah. um, so that asterisk has a dagger, which is, but like, don't like, don't, don't play this game, not because there's anything wrong with it, but just because the sequel to this game, the Manhattan project is better. Right. And then turtles in time is way better. And even if you just went and played this game in an actual arcade cabinet, it would be better because it didn't have a lot of the limitations that made it kind of reductive on the NES. So like, is there anything wrong with it that requires nostalgia goggles? Like no, right. No nostalgia goggles required, but like, Time has made turtle soup of this game. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two. There by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress, 
down the hall to your bed. A few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land, battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less 